You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. Access the number one care in Ohio anytime, anywhere. By Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By KeyBank, the banking home of the Cleveland Indians. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, where the Indians are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. Coming up on this week's show, we'll take a look back at the week in review, including a wild win for the Indians on Tuesday night. A swing and a drive, deep left center, on the run is Blackman, this ball, gone! We'll also visit with the newest Cleveland Indian, Outfielder Jay Bruce, who stopped by to talk about what it means to join a team with playoff aspirations. For me to be able to come over into the situation is, you know, such an awesome thing for me. And I just want to come over here and help. Also, we catch up with former Indians broadcaster and Cleveland native Jack Corrigan. I told Commissioner Manfred, every time the Indians and Rockies play, it has to be in Cleveland. All of that, plus the farm report with James Harris, coming up as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from St. Petersburg, Florida. Tropicana Field where the Indians are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays in a four-game series. Tribe hanging on so far to first place in the American League Central Division as we get deeper into the month of August. Time now for the Week in Review after an off day on Monday for the Tribe, their last one for quite some time. They got back to play on Tuesday at home against Colorado, one of the most dramatic finishes of the season for the Indians. It was a Corey Kluber night for the Indians, and he locked up with Herman Marquez and quite the pitcher's duel. Now, Charlie Blackman hit a home run off of Kluber on the second pitch of the game. But from that point forward, Kluber dominated again. The pitch, swing, and a miss. Curveball got Mark Reynolds. So Corey Kluber continues to be masterful. You can say whatever you want. Kershaw, Sale, name whomever. No one's pitching better than Corey Kluber. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. It's Colorado, one, Cleveland, nothing. Kluber's ready. Now the 0-1 pitch. Swing and a miss. Cutter away, 0-2. This guy, folks, you need to buy a ticket every time he pitches. 
They're on their feet roaring. How about this? Kluber getting a standing ovation as he goes into the wine. Here's the two-strike pitch to LeMahieu. Swing and a miss. He strikes out the side in the ninth. A dozen strikeouts for Kluber. And they're on their feet at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario showing Corey Kluber they appreciate greatness. One nothing. Rockies lead the Indians. We go to the bottom of the ninth inning. Now the only problem was with Kluber dominating but allowing that one run in the first inning, Colorado's pitching was just as good to that point as Marquez and the Rockies' bullpen shut the Tribe down through eight innings. And Blackman's home run in the first kept the game one nothing. So it was on to the bottom half of the ninth. Indians facing Rockies closer Greg Holland, who had blown just two saves all season long. The Rockies were 59-1 and in games that they led after eight innings on the season. Now, Holland had two men on, but two men out when Austin Jackson put up a tremendous at-bat that eventually tied the game. Again, the 2-2 pitch from Holland. Swing, a little floater, shallow right center, it is dropping. Diving attempt, not made by Blackman. In to score the tying run is Geyer. In to third is Zimmer. Jackson delivers the game-tying bloop single. Into right center. Oh, what an at-bat by Austin Jackson. And what an effort by Blackman, the center fielder with a diving attempt in right center, but just couldn't make the grab. And Austin Jackson's tied the game, and Greg Holland blew the save Sunday, and he's blown another one tonight. Now can the Indians win it? And the very next batter, Indians catcher Jan Gomes, ended it. Jan Gomes, one for three with a single, steps in. Holland's ready in the pitch. A swing and a drive, deep left center, on the run is Blackman, this ball, gone! Oh, what a mob scene! Gomes jersey ripped off his body as he's mobbed at home plate. On a game-winning three-run homer to left center. And the most improbable comeback win of the season has given the Indians a 4-1 to win. Well, folks, playoff baseball. Don't you love it? Now, so many heroes in this ballgame when you talk about the ninth inning, Edwin Encarnacion got the one-out walk. He had a dynamite at bat. Then with two down, Bradley Zimmer had a two-out walk. And then Austin Jackson had an eight-pitch at bat after he was down in the count 0-2 and got a game-tying RBI single to right center. And then Jan Gomes didn't waste any time, knowing Holland had to be exhausted and obviously deflated, smoked a three-run home run to left center. 
and the Indians get their fourth walk-off win of the year, the third walk-off win on a walk-off homer. And Jan Gomes sends 26,000 to the parking garage with smiles a mile wide. The Indians inarguably as big a win as they have had all year. When you consider how good Greg Holland has been, 34 saves, just two blown saves. And how many times did he have the Indians down to their last strike and the Indians would not go away? And oh, by the way, folks, Corey Kluber got another win with a complete game effort. Folks, this is why this is the greatest game in the world. Baseball. It doesn't get any better. And the next day on Indians warm-up, we had a chance to visit with Jan Gomes, and he talked about the big moment. Uh, I mean, it's one of those one of those moments you kind of dream about, you know, um, hitting a walk-off. But uh, honestly, the hero last night, man, was like Jackson had a tremendous at-bat. He, uh, he battled, got us to tie the ball game, and hats off to Kluber. Uh, you know, he, he makes... I don't even want to say a mistake in the first inning because it was the second pitch of the game, and he threw a, a heater that kind of got away from him a little bit, and that almost cost us the whole the whole thing. You know, but uh, just to be able to to come through and uh, get us to get us a win on against such a good team, uh, it was it was really awesome. We'll talk more on Kluber in a minute, but you mentioned Austin Jackson, and he has the long at bat, and Holland gets up to about 30 pitches at that point. Does that change your outlook on, on your at bat when you come to the plate after him? No, not really, man. We we've seen Holland a lot uh, when he was with the Royals, but um, just seeing him battle, it, it does bring you a little, a little bit of confidence. Uh, a guy in front of you is seeing it good or making him battle. It kind of sometimes it makes the, the pitcher question some pitches. But I don't, I don't think that's what was happening in Holland. But it sure, uh, it sure gives you a little bit more confidence when you're going up to the bat. Around the bases, you had some traffic out there. What was going on as you were circling the bases? Sure. I'm not sure. That's the first time I've ever seen that happen. I, I was actually just waiting for an umpire to make a like a, a call, like, hey, just stay, stay a second or something. But, yeah, when I was rounding second, Kipnis kind of tried to tackle me. I had no idea what was going on. And then when I was rounding third, uh, Lindor was right there, too. It was like... It was, it was very strange. People were in a lot of different places where I haven't really been able to high-five people. Jan Gomes joining us, the walk-off homer last night, in makes a winner out of Corey Kluber. And, and you guys go back a long way. You've, you've had a, a great history together. And certainly you can't go to the plate thinking that mm -hmm. based on the game that he's had. But when it's all said and done, real satisfying to know that, that you were able to get him a win on a night when he was dominant again. Oh, absolutely. Um, even though, like you said, like you don't try to think about it, you 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 kind of do like you, you just you're just trying to like but you don't want to put that pressure on yourself you really just want to just want to try to help him out um but honestly the the pressure was off me uh, when jackson got the base hit to to tie us we knew he was off the hook and now i was just trying to just somehow find the hole and get a base hit just to get him to win but um yeah he, he was he was unbelievable against the Really, really good lineup. I mean, that that was a, a tough lineup to go through, but uh, usually takes a guy like like Kluber to keep a, a lineup like that quiet. And 
he's been so good for several years now, had the Cy Young year, but it seems he's even better now. And, and mm -hmm. if that's the case, what's making him even more dominant at this point in time? He's locked in, man. Uh, I think we've seen it for a few years, few years straight now when he gets locked in. It, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty tough to to hit him. Uh, he gets ahead with every single pitch, mixes and matches everything. So uh, it's kind of hard to to sit on pitches, and you know he's going to go out there and compete and give us a chance to win every game. Quick turnaround after an emotional win, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of excitement uh, close to midnight last night. Uh, are you able to sleep, or are you in a different category in terms of, of being able to sleep after a night like that? Oh, I'm good. Uh, I know it was a quick turnaround. I had to be able to put the kids to bed and relax a little bit and, and just enjoy the moment, really. And then you got to come out here and go back and get another day, get another win. It was a great moment. Yeah, thanks for coming by. All right, thank you. So the Indians had that 4-1 to win over the Rockies on Tuesday night. Wednesday, another tight ball game between the Indians and the Rockies. And this time, Colorado scored a run in the ninth to tie. And then Blackman struck again. He hit a home run in the 12th inning that won it for Colorado 3-2. to On to the road it was for the Tribe on Thursday to start an 11-game four-city road swing with the first of four against the Tampa Bay Rays. And Tampa Bay won it by a score of 4-1 to one on Thursday night. But the Indians bounce back on Friday night with an impressive performance from Carlos Carrasco. Now, both Carrasco and Rays starter Jake Faria were outstanding through the first four innings. They were perfect through four innings. Not a base runner to be seen heading into the fifth inning, but leading things off in the fifth was Indians' designated hitter Edwin Encarnacion. The 2-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Dead center field, hit a ton. Back is Smith. Home run, Encarnacion. First hit of the game for either team, and it puts the Indians in front 1-0. Number 23 for Edwin Encarnacion snaps the scoreless tie. The Indians grab the lead. The next batter was newly acquired Jay Bruce. Here's Jay Bruce. Pitch to him, swung on, line down the right field line, base hit for Bruce. He's going to make the turn and hang on right there at first base as Souza got it in quickly. And there's the first hit as a Cleveland Indian for Jay Bruce. Nice solid single to right. All of a sudden, the Indians have it rolling here in the fifth inning. The Indians would score again in that fifth inning. A sack fly by Bradley Zimmer made it 2-0. Then Giovanni Urshela came through. Long set. Now the pitch. Swung on, ripped to third, off the glove of Longoria. It skips out into left field. Rounding third, heading for home and scoring is Santana. Into third goes Gomes. And aboard at first base is Urshela. The Indians take a 3-0 lead. And Longoria took a shot. Looked like the heel of the glove. He's hurting right now. The trainer comes out. It does go as a base hit for Urshela who hit a screaming one-hopper to Longoria. Still in the fifth inning, Austin Jackson's RBI ground out made it 4-0, and then Jose Ramirez tacked on to the lead. Here's Faria's 1-1. Swung on, ground ball to the second baseman. Miller under his glove! It rolls into right center. A run is in, heading to third is Jackson, and into second base is Jose Ramirez. Indians add another run. 
It's now 5-0 Tribe. And we'll see how that one is scored. It goes as a double on a play that certainly should have been made by Miller, the second baseman. He got there. That ball simply went under his glove as he went to one knee to try and make the backhand pickup. Now Ramirez will take the double. It's his 35th. Meanwhile, Carrasco was still perfect, and he stayed that way until the fifth inning when he issued a walk, so the perfect game was done, but he continued to throw no-hit baseball into the seventh. The pitch. Swung on drill toward right, base hit. No-hitter gone. So Logan Morrison has broken up the no-hitter with two down in the seventh. And the Indians' no-hit drought continues, but Carlos Carrasco from the Indians fans here in attendance at the drop is getting a standing ovation trying to backdoor him with that breaking ball and Logan Morrison lined a base hit to right so that ended the no hit bid and following that hit by Morrison Carrasco went right back to work the pitch swing and a miss got him with the off speed so Carrasco continuing to dazzle he gives up his first hit of the night but he has a 5-0 lead after 7 on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He chased one in the dirt. Ball pops away. Gomes picks it up. He'll throw down to first to complete the strikeout. And Carrasco has struck out 10. And for Carrasco, that's his fourth game of 10 strikeouts or more this year. He is getting a standing ovation by all the Indians fans near the Indians' third base dugout. Without Indians fans here tonight, there might be 8,000 folks in the ballpark. Tribe five, raised nothing, eight in the books. And in the ninth inning, it was Tyler Olson on to finish things up. Olson checks first. Here it comes. Strike three, called. Ball game. And the Indians have shut out. The Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 5 to nothing on a brilliant effort by Carlos Carrasco. And a five-run fifth inning with a lot of help from the Tampa Bay defense or lack thereof. The Indians win it 5 to nothing. So a 5 nothing win for the Tribe, and they wrap up the week with a split so far in this four-game series with the Tampa Bay Rays here in St. Pete. And that game three of the series, Saturday night at 6-10. And then Sunday afternoon, a 1-10 first pitch, another Kluber day for the Indians. Corey Kluber on the mound for the series finale on Sunday. Well, we hope you can stay with us. We'll continue here on Tribe Talk. We'll visit with Jay Bruce, the newest Cleveland Indian, and also get the thoughts of Tribe manager Terry Francona about the acquisition of one of the top power hitters out there, and the Indians got him after the trade deadline. Good stuff there. We'll hear about it next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Here's Jay Bruce. Pitch to him. Swung on. Line down the right field line. Base hit for Bruce. He's going to make the turn and hang on right there at first base as Souza got it in quickly. And there's the first hit as a Cleveland Indian for Jay Bruce. Nice solid single to right. All of a sudden, the Indians have it rolling here in the fifth inning. 
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, where the Indians are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Earlier this week, the Tribe pulled off a big trade after the trade deadline as uh, players have to make it through waivers to be eligible. Jay Bruce was. The Mets put him through waivers. He cleared. That opened up the door for the Indians to acquire the slugger in a trade trade late Wednesday night after the Indians had played Colorado earlier in the day. And Terry Francona visiting with Tom Hamilton on the warm-up show talked about the acquisition of one of the top power hitters out there available. Well, you have trouble scoring some runs, so, oh, ho-hum, let's go out and get yourself a middle-of-the-order outfielder in Jay Bruce. How quickly did that happen, Tito? You know what, Hammy, and I know you're you're teasing about the (laughs) ho-hum. I think it's pretty incredible. I mean, we lose Brantley, we're down Lonnie, we come in after a really tough loss, and Chris and Chernier are in there, and they're working on it. And you talk about giving a team a lift. I mean, this guy's one of the better run producers in the game, and we're excited. You know, my biggest concern was you're getting a guy that is potentially a free agent, and whenever we get everybody healthy, we're going to have too many outfielders. But like Chris was, he goes, we don't have it now. And he goes, we're going through a heck of a part of our schedule. So we tried to talk to him beforehand. We weren't allowed. But when we got him, Chris expressed that to him. And I've already talked to him, and I'll talk to him again when he gets here. And you know what? When push comes to shove, if we have too many outfielders, good for us. Because when you don't have enough, it's hard. Well, you mentioned a key phrase there, Tito. In addition to him obviously helping you on the field, it's a lift in your clubhouse, isn't it? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, it's it, of course it is. Now, and when he gets in the uniform, it'll be a lift in our lineup. And and we don't take it lightly because, I mean, we know what market we're in. You know, for Paul Dolan to kind of take a big bite because that's what it is. We appreciate it because we know we're not a big market. We, we know that. I knew that when I came here. For him to kind of go ahead and say, okay, I believe in you guys, that means a lot. Shoot, this is going to help us. Tito, have you decided how you'll use him, where you'll hit him in the lineup? Because I know – as we speak right now, he's not in your lineup and, and uh, isn't here yet. He's supposed to land about 4.30. The plan is if he can get here at a decent time, we'll put him on our roster tonight. You know, he can hit in the cage later, and we could have him available off the bench, and then he'd start tomorrow night. You know, with, with Brandt out right now, he'll probably hit fifth. Um, I'd like to talk to him also just before we start doing things, but it looks like a pretty natural fit. But it's going to be a welcome addition. I mean, my goodness sakes, this guy's been, like I said, one of the better run producers. And he seems excited to come here. So that makes it better. And I know that they still have to play, and you're not Father Flanagan here trying to create a bunch of choir boys, but he comes with a reputation of being a good guy and a guy that's well-liked in the clubhouse. At this time of the year, Tito, does that take on more importance? Yeah, you know, I was wondering where you're going with that because I've never been called Father Flanagan. I was really <laughs> trying to figure out what angle you're going there. No, it, it is a good thing because, you know, you, you fight all year to get your personality of your team, and then you can't just put a bunch of guys on the field and think that it's probably going to work. So we did do some research because we don't want to undo anything that we're trying so hard to, to do. And by all accounts, and I've, I've, I've talked to him a few times, but by all accounts, he's a really good teammate. 
Jay Bruce immediately has the team lead in terms of home runs and RBIs with 29 home runs, 75 runs driven in on Friday night. Was able to pick up his first two hits in a Cleveland Indians uniform. We were joined by Bruce on the warm-up show prior to Friday night's game. And uh, we talked about all the things that go into a trade with having the chance to win as the biggest factor in Jay Bruce's mind. By far, by far. Uh, you know, as you get a little older in your career, uh, the really the only thing that starts to matter to you, especially once you've experienced it, is, is playing, you know, meaningful baseball, getting an opportunity to play in the playoffs. And, you know, like I mentioned last night, this team was awesome without me. Uh, so for me to be able to come over into the situation is, you know, such an awesome thing for me. Um, and I just want to come over here and help. Chris Antonetti had mentioned that the Indians have liked you for a while and, and talked about you for a while. Are you, were you aware of any of that going on and, until things went down the other night? You know, he kind of made me aware of that. Uh, I knew last year there were some, some talks and, um, you know, obviously things went very, very well for, for, you know, the Indians last year. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's feels good to be wanted and, you know, to, like I said, to be able to come into a situation like this where, you know, I'm kind of plugged into a situation that's already very, very positive, very good is something that, you know, I, uh, I look forward to, you know, to being a part of. And that's something for me, like I said, that that's the main thing for me is to play meaningful baseball and, and to be, uh, you know, have an opportunity to play, you know, deep into to October and hopefully the World Series. The trade deadline came and went. Did you think that maybe that that things would not develop as they have? Uh, you know, I knew there was an you know an opportunity and you know potential for something like this to happen. Uh, you know, it's weird that with the trade deadline, the position player market never really developed. You know, never really, nothing really ever happened. I mean. You know, uh, I think J.D. Martinez and Melky Cabrera were really the only guys on the move there. And, um, you know, I figured that, you know, something was still, uh, you know, available out there. I think that, uh, you know, I thought that once playoff pictures kind of became clear and or an injury happened, uh, you know, something could be out there. So, like I said, I'm just happy to be here now. Jay Bruce joining us. Uh, you have mentioned familiarity as being important, and there's a little bit of that, the, the Goodyear thing with the Reds training where the Indians do. Did, does that make it any easier in terms of, of knowing some of the players here and how it works? Yeah, you know, you are much more. So, you know, as far as an American League team, you know, this is probably the team I'm most familiar with uh, when it comes to that type of stuff. And if I'm not, if I don't know the guys personally, I know them from playing against them. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that I'm happy to be on this side of it now, you know, not having to face some of these guys that, that take them out for, for us, you know, every fifth day. Um, and so, yeah, uh, being a good year, you know, kind of having, you know, some familiarity with the Cleveland Indians and, you know, the guys on the team, I think makes it, a, you know, a little bit easier transition for me. And whenever a new player comes here, it seems they mention Terry Francona as being a factor. What's your familiarity with Tito? I've never heard anything but unbelievable praise for this guy. Uh, you know, he called me in yesterday and was was great from from the first time you know I ever spoke to him. So, I look forward to playing for him. Uh, you know, I look forward to playing for this organization and, like I said, just being a part of something here and you know and helping us get to the World Series. A whirlwind 48 hours. Nice to just come to the ballpark, see your name in the lineup, and get after it. Absolutely. You know, that's the, what I've always said is the one constant, regardless of what's happening when it comes to trades or, or you know your career or whatever. You know. For from seven or from whenever you get to the field until the game's over, that that's it's a constant. It's still baseball. Um, it's still baseball at the highest level with guys that are 
you know, pulling from the same end of the rope as you, uh, competing and, and wanting to win games. So that uh, makes it much more comfortable for me. Jay, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That is Jay Bruce joining the Tribe in time for Thursday night's game here in St. Petersburg and then started for the first time on Friday night and picked up his first two hits in an Indians uniform. He will help this ball club, no question, down the stretch. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Clinic Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from St. Petersburg, Florida and Tropicana Field where the Indians are taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Earlier this week back home, they wrapped up interleague play with a series against the Rockies. And whenever the Indians and Rockies meet, it's a chance to catch up with an old friend, Jack Corrigan, who for many years called games for the Tribe on television. Now he's what has become the longtime radio voice of the Colorado Rockies. And when we caught up with Jack, he talked about how things are going as the Rockies radio voice. You come back to Cleveland, what's it like when, when you come back here just for the brief time during the season on a visit with the Rockies? Busy. <laughs> lots, of, uh, lots of people, you know, calling and saying they're going to be at the game. Can they stop up to the booth and visit? already told Jesse Thomas, our producer, that, hey, it's going to be a, a revolving door tonight. There's going to be a lot of folks here. But it's fun. You know, uh, my mother, who really instilled the love of baseball in me, is 89 and still going strong. We convinced her, even though she doesn't get around all that well, she's coming to the ball game tomorrow. And I still have six siblings and their families here. So, yeah, the only the only bad thing is it's only a couple of days. You know, if we were doing this a couple of series, it might not have the the special flavor to it. But yeah, it's great to come back. And for those who don't know, you have a great I don't want to call it a hobby. It's much more than that to you, but on the side, you're affiliated with the Saint Ignatius football. You were for many, many years and, and now doing the same out in the Denver area. Uh, what keeps you coaching and why do you like it so much? Well, first from the Ignatius side, I mean, that got started. Chuck Kyle and I went to school together, and I considered Chuck um, one of my closest friends and, and probably one of the most impressive people I've had the chance to meet and be a part of his life as he's been a part of mine uh, for so many years. And, and there's just something um, still pure about coaching uh, high school kids you know it's beyond the just teaching them the fundamentals of the game they have a grasp of the game but they haven't fully matured if you will in terms of all that and to watch the growth of players you know I, I remember Anthony Gonzalez as a freshman at Ignatius to being a first round draft pick by the time he finished his Ohio State career and you take a lot of satisfaction and seeing those guys i'm going to root for brian hoyer forever another one of our kids and in the same way um at regis jesuit where i help in denver you know we got some kids playing for some big time college programs now so yeah i'll keep doing it as long as they let the old man out there and as long as they have interleague play i'm sure you'll be happy on those occasional visits that the rockies make to cleveland jack corrigan great to see you thanks thanks i appreciate it very much and yet i told commissioner manfred every time the indians and rockies play it has to be in cleveland great stuff from jack corrigan the radio voice for the rockies 
That's Jack Corrigan, the former television voice of the Cleveland Indians, now radio voice of the Colorado Rockies. Stay with us when we come back. It's the Farm Report with James Harris after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it's the Farm Report with Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris, who joins us from the Dominican Republic. He's down there taking in some of the uh, young players in the Indians farm system and seeing what they have to offer. And he's at the Dominican complex there. And uh, when we caught up with James, he explained exactly what's happening and how involved it is in terms of teams involved that are affiliated with the Indians. Yeah, I guess our younger players are are recently signed. We signed players on July 2nd. Those players are about 16 years old, and they play in a league called the Tricky League, so that's one of our teams. We have a Dominican Summer League team, which are players who have signed last year or the year before. Okay, they're 17, 18, even 19 years old. So those will be on our Dominican Summer League team. And then we split a team with the Milwaukee Brewers, which is which we call the co-op team, which is half of us and, and half Milwaukee Brewers, and those guys are um, around the same age, 17, 18, 19 years old. And for fans who, who have maybe been out to Mahoning Valley and, and see New York Penn League play, and uh, that would be certainly a lower rung on the Indians minor league ladder. Uh, you're down there, and we're recording this in the morning. And uh, what's going on right now with, with a game coming up later on today? Nice. Yeah, we, we play at 11 o'clock uh, this morning. Right now, the players are in the field. Uh, the infielders are, are getting balls hit to them by Travis Fryman, which is a name that, that people might be familiar with. So they're, they're doing some early work. The outfielders are working in, in, in the outfield, catching balls and, and relaying them in. So there's a lot of work, work that's going on. Earlier today, uh, my cultural coordinator, Bruce Chin, and Travis Priman talked about having a team-first approach or what it means to be a teammate. And uh, our manager down here, Jose Mejia, um, talked earlier today about what it's like to be a family. So there's a lot of development that goes on, both on and off the field. So our, our players are getting after it today. It's a work day. And it sounds a little bit like um, spring training as well in that uh, you're providing housing and, and some other things off the field for, for the young kids who are just getting into the system? Yeah, a lot of our players live here at our, our facility. It's a dorm-like setup. Um, we have meals here. There's classrooms here, um, English classes. Um, so it's not just baseball. It's, it's a lot of life, and it's, it's getting guys ready for what their goals are. And what our goals for them are is to play in the major leagues. And certainly some great examples of late. I think example 1A is Jose Ramirez uh, started uh, at this level that we're talking about today and, and has obviously become an outstanding major league player and maybe the next Jose Ramirez is down there right now. And I know uh, we wanted to focus on a couple of newly signed players, young players uh, just signed in July to contracts. And let's start with George Valera. What do you see with George uh, in, in the early stages of his career? Yeah, he's a guy that we're really, really excited about. Of course, all these guys are young. They're 16 years old. We're really excited about, about him. He's a, a he's an athletic, he's a fast outfielder um, that that caught our attention early on in the process. And, and he's come out here. He's been a leader. Uh, he speaks really good English. He's lived some, for some time in, in New York. Um, but he's, he's lived in the Dominican a lot of his life, too. So he's, he's been a leader out here for our players. And, and, and he's working hard to, to be a name that you will hear every day. And another one is Brian Rocio, and, and what are you seeing from Brian Rocio so far? He's a he's a quick athletic infielder. 
um, who's, who's also a good teammate, working hard, really um, athletic, and, and seems to have fun. He has a, he has the flash that, that you may be familiar with um, that you've seen with players in, in the major leagues, and, and he, he's a guy that we're really excited about also. And one other is Aaron Briacho, and uh, what do you have on Aaron so far in, in a very young career? <laughs> And he kind of he kind of fits in that mold too, and and we probably can go through the list and say this about ten different guys about how athletic they are, um, how much energy they bring to the game, um, how they like to to play the game aggressively and, and run hard. Um, we probably could say that about ten guys, but the three guys that we talk are talking about today are probably the names that you would hear the most of. And you mentioned those three, and, and earlier. Uh, you had talked about the coaches who are there, including Travis Fryman, who goes down, and uh, certainly a name familiar to uh, Indians fans. And what does that mean to these young players, maybe who aren't familiar with his major league career, but to, to have someone uh, come down from the United States and, and be a part of, of their summer, at least for a little while? Yeah, I think the first thing it tells them is that they're important and they're valued by us, and we want, we are dedicated to their development. So when they see a guy coming who played in the major leagues for multiple years and was a, a five-time all-star, and, and he, he comes out to, to lend his expertise to them. That means a lot to these players, and they want to do, do well with him and with the staff who's, who's here with them every day. They want to, they want to show us what, what they can do and, and that they belong here. And, and just wrapping up, as you look at, at the complex and everything you're doing there, uh, obviously the Indians put a, a, a very big emphasis on their Latin American program. Uh, where do you see this going now? Is it at a point where you're really pleased with, with the facilities and things like that, or is it something that you're constantly looking to improve to make it a better experience? Well, we're definitely looking to, to improve it. We, uh, we're in the process of building a new facility down here um, for our players um, that, will, that will mirror some of the things that we're doing in Arizona. So um, we, we want to make sure that, that their sleeping arrangements, their eating arrangements are, are all designed for them to be great baseball players and great people. Our classrooms are expanding. Our computer labs for education. Um, all those things are, are expanding here in the Dominican Republic uh, as these players are preparing themselves to, to play in the United States. Well, James, uh, great insight from south of the border, as they say, as uh, you're down in the Dominican Republic. Certainly appreciate you coming by. Enjoy the game today. I appreciate it. It should be good. we got three games today. That's James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We'll join you next week from Kansas City as this long road trip continues with the final stop on the four-city tour for the Tribe in KC. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhaus reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. Access the number one care in Ohio anytime, anywhere. By Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By KeyBank, the banking home of the Cleveland Indians. 